Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Revelation 20. All right, everybody, let's talk about the millennial kingdom. And if you have been a part of church, especially in the United States of America for a while, obviously you see distinctions between uh, churches that believe the Bible is true, uh, churches that would preach an accurate gospel uh, that really emphasizes what Jesus has done for us, who he is, the atonement he has achieved on the cross, the call for all people everywhere to repent and believe the good news. Um, you would see there's a difference between churches that, that believe those things versus churches that do not. But when you look within those churches that you would say, hey, these are faithful Bible teaching churches, or you look at leaders in the church or Bible scholars in America, and you say, hey, these are faithful people. These are people who believe in the Bible that are committed to the word of God. One of the areas within that group where you will find the most disagreement is eschatology. And you'll notice one of kind of those points that people disagree on is what to do with the millennial kingdom. What we see described here in Revelation 20, this 1,000 years, what are we to think of that? And we'll talk about that today, but one of the main thoughts that I want you to get out of today is this is a topic that is often debated. But I think it's a topic where we are not motivated from it like we should be. Sure, let's get into the debate a little bit today. But what I want you to see is how this should motivate you. This whole chapter, I think, should be an incredible motivation for us to live not for the here and now, but for the then and there. To seek first the kingdom of God. And that we would be people who live for the kingdom and live in light of a real judgment that is coming. So let's read here the beginning of Revelation 20. It says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit, and shut it and sealed it over so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. 
years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. So you see there several times in those first six verses that I read, you see that phrase, a thousand years, hence millennium. Now within, I would say, uh, faithful Bible-believing Christians, there are three views that rise up for how we should deal with this idea of the millennium. And those views are really premillennial people, amillennial, or postmillennial. Now, amillennial, right, if you think of that, a theist, right? He is not a theist. He doesn't believe in God. Ah, millennials, uh, they, I guess you could say they don't believe in a literal millennium. They would take this to be a symbolic thing. And that's where sometimes we do see numbers used symbolically in the Bible. But this is symbolic for a long period of time. And they would see a lot of what goes on here is stuff that is really fulfilled more spiritually than literally. So there is no literal millennium for the amillennialist. The postmillennialist refers, again, usually would take the thousand years not to be a literal time period, but it's a symbol of kind of this golden age. Really, it's it's the church age where things are going to get progressively better and better, and eventually there'll be this golden age that will culminate in the return of Christ and then on to the eternal state. Uh, but then there is the pre-millennial view uh, that basically says, hey, we are living before the millennium. This millennium is a literal actual thing that is going to happen, but it's it's going to happen in the future, and we are before it, and, and so they would call themselves pre-millennial. Now, I, I will tell you, I am pre-millennial. I, I think the best way to understand this passage is that there is a future thousand-year time where Christ will reign on the earth. And if you notice in this text, it talks about those that will reign with him. Now, it highlights the role uh, that the tribulation saints will, will play in this time. Also, we see other passages, I think even of 1 Corinthians 6, and others that describe just the rewards for Christians and that we will judge. We will judge angels. We will judge uh, the world and, and the blessing that comes for those who share in the first resurrection. And I think when you look at this passage and you just apply a, a literal, grammatical, historical, hermeneutic to it, this is the simplest meaning, that there is a thousand-year reign that is coming. I also think when you look at especially some Old Testament passages, there are some things yet to be fulfilled. I think of especially the endings of Ezekiel, the endings of the book of Zechariah, and they describe things with pretty specific language that I think we should expect a pretty specific fulfillment of things that clearly have not happened yet. And I would expect the fulfillment of these things to come in this millennial kingdom. Now, that's something that obviously Christians will debate 
about. And there'll be different viewpoints shared. But what I want us to think about the most today isn't how we should debate about this, but how this should motivate us as we think about the future. And just a few things to think about here. One, think about how often Jesus talks about the kingdom. And we think of our Savior coming again and that he will reign. He he will be the king. This future kingdom should motivate us. We are not living for the here and now. Our lives in this world are not the be-all and end-all. We are looking forward to a kingdom. And that is where even we we get a sense, I think, in this passage of reward. I'm focused on that. That is what's going to matter more than my life here, my life now. And this should also motivate us, not because I think of, of the rewards. And I just want you to remember, Scripture is pretty unblushing in its talk of rewards. We've seen that in Revelation. Go back to the letters to the, the seven churches. And each one, there he, is, he promises a reward to these churches. And Jesus often told his disciples of the rewards that were coming. And blessed are those who lose their life now because they will find it in Christ. Think of the teaching of all those who will not inherit the kingdom of, of heaven. We, we see these warnings and these promises all throughout the Bible. But the other aspect that should motivate us is not just the rewards, it's the judgment that comes. Now, praise God, we see in verses 7 through 10, the final defeat of Satan. Apparently, when the thousand years is over, Satan is released from prison. And once more, he deceives the nations, gathers everyone up for battle, and is pretty decisive. Fire comes down from heaven and consumes them. And then he is thrown into the lake of fire uh, forever and ever. And Satan and all his designs and devices are done. And then you see one final judgment, the great white throne judgment. And what we see here is really, I think, the resurrection of those that were not faithful. These are not the people of God being resurrected here. And when their name is not found written in the book of life, they are thrown into the lake of fire. The great white throne judgment, I don't think is the time for God rewarding his people. It is the final judgment for those that do not know God that ends with them in the lake of fire. So just think of that contrast. You've got the first resurrection, And blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first uh, resurrection, and there's no second death for them, and there's reigning with Christ for a thousand years. That's great. Contrast that with the great white throne judgment and those who are cast into the lake of fire. What a difference that is. Should not that contrast give direction to your life? Should not that contrast help us to see that so many of the things we get caught up in in this life and in this world ultimately will not matter like we think that they do now? But there is a coming judgment and there are coming rewards that will have value forever. So 
Yes, there are things that we should talk about with eschatology because with things like the millennium, we can't all be right. We don't want to be, as some say, pan-millennial. Well, hey, I don't really care. It'll all pan out in the end. No, the Bible is teaching something here, and not every view can be right. But once again, also what we see here is something that is not just meant to be fodder for our minds and debate. We see something that is meant to be fuel for our lives and things that should really help us live differently. So are you living like there are rewards coming, incredible unimaginable rewards coming for the people of God and incredible judgment on those who do not know God? Are you living life today in the reality of those future things, the future rewards for God's people and the future judgment and damnation on those who are not God's people? Should not that motivate us to to live this life in light of those realities? To live life realizing everyone I know, everyone I meet is going to be either rewarded as a part of the people of God and a part of Christ's kingdom, or they will be judged in the lake of fire. Do you see how thoughts like this are motivations for evangelism and and church planting and missions and, and all of these things? What, what are the things in your life that you need to look at and say, you know what, this doesn't really matter like I think it does? And what are the things in your life that you need to say, I need to pour more life and more energy and more time and more money into this? Because when all of this happens, that's still going to matter. We need to think about these things. Revelation should be used by God in an incredible way to shape our entire worldview. So we are people who are motivated and we are people who are living ultimately in light of the future rewards and judgment that will come. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.